It's the Kyle Hyman Show on Redeemer Radio. Just the physical act of getting out under the open heavens Mm -hmm. and having things for the eye to focus on other than artificial light sources, I just think is hugely important for interior freedom. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Flavor of the Week, brought to you by Banditos, fresh, made daily. In Flavor of the Week, Kyle sits down with one of our local priests to sample variations of a favorite food or drink while they discuss the ins and outs of life as a priest. Welcome back to Flavor of the Week, part two with Father Daniel Scheidt. Do you prefer Daniel or Dan? Uh, it doesn't matter. The older I get, mm-hmm. the more I, I prefer Daniel. Okay. Were you ever a Danny? I was yeah? until fourth grade, in, <laughs> uh, at which time my teacher at Our Lady of Grace School, Miss Anderson, publicly announced to the class that I was no longer Danny, uh-huh. but Dan. Danny, she said, was a kid's name. It's time to grow up. Oh. And I was not consulted about this. Yeah. And I remember feeling really uh, confused and resentful. It was like an Abram, Abraham moment. Right, right. Um, you know, Simon, Peter. Yeah. Uh, but I accepted it. And whenever I, you know, my friends phoned in high school, my family would still, you'd still hear them in the background, Danny. Uh-huh. But yes, Father Daniel Scheid uh-huh. was just fine. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, remind me, what pasta are we trying now? This is now uh, Orecchiette alla Norcina. Like, I've never heard of this before. Yeah. I, so Orecchiette means uh, little ears. Oh, that's and it's an ear-shaped yeah. pasta, and the alla norcina norcia is a place in central northern Italy. That's the hometown of Saint Benedict. Uh, sometimes it's called Nursia, right? But, right. Uh, it's also called norcia, and what distinguishes this pasta sauce is in its hometown. It's made from wild boar. Always some sausage, but typically they're wild boar, huh. and also uh, foraged mushrooms, or the essence of a mushroom called uh, tartufo. Wow, the flavoring. So yeah, to eat this is the equivalent of eating autumn. <laughs> okay, because the wild boar, you know, they forage for the the nuts, and the hunting is in <laughs> earnest uh, in autumn. So it, it's a very woodsy tasting pasta in its natural habitat. So let's like try that some, description. shall we? Yeah, it's really good. I already jumped in here. I can't believe Cindy Black made all of this. Four different pastas, four different sauces. It's extraordinary. Yeah. She also brought salt and pepper here. Do you usually put salt and pepper on your food? Uh, pepper, yes. Salt, no. Mm. Because we tend to get too much salt. <laughs> but um, I was taught my whole life not to make sounds while eating. And now I'm eating with a <laughs> microphone in front of my mouth. Right. And, Am- amplify that. And for the radio audience, I, I guess I should make sounds to simulate for them in their imagination what's going on. Right. They can visualize the ears. That's funny. I would have said these are shells, but now that you say they're ears, I, oh yeah, they're not shells at all. They, the little ears. ears. So you mentioned pasta being good fuel for your running have you always been a runner? Uh, not always. In fact, when I was in high school, freshman gym class, we had to run a mile 
And <laughs> I was humiliated because even though I had a paper route and walked several miles a day, I didn't have the idea of distance running and so just failed miserably. It was only in the seminary that I took up running and have loved it ever since. Competitive or just leisurely? No, leisurely. I do some 5K, 10K races. Um, a number of parishioners, uh, led by Tom Fian at uh, St. Vincent's, go on Ragnar races, and they're gracious enough to invite me. What are those? So it's a, a multi-mile relay race. So 120 miles you know, with van support and a team of 6 to 12 runners. So I, I occasionally do run with other people. I typically run alone. I run every other day, and it, it's the time that I most enjoy just thinking, praying. What time of day? My favorite time of day is early afternoon. So to work off the stresses of the morning uh-huh. and yet have a few good productive hours before evening comes and then getting a good night's sleep. But realistically, I'm most able to go in the mid-morning. So do you run in silence or do you have earbuds in or are you listening to something? Or? In silence. Okay. So that's how you get your prayer and reflection time in. Part of it, yes. Part of, all right. So what is it that you like about running other than the time to reflect? Because you could do that sitting at your chair. That's right. We live in a time where the body is often used as a shipping container for the brain. We drag the body along with us and running allows actually the mind and the body to work together rather than being opponents of each other. And the stress that uh, is naturally generated and relieved by running, that physical stress, also just naturally lends itself to the relieving of mental stress. So why do you think you started running in seminary? I just wanted a way to just integrate the body into yeah, a life of, of intense study and prayer. But ultimately, it's for the joy of it. Um, I don't have a utilitarian goal. Obviously, health is a, sure. is a benefit. But when I was in grade school, there was a movie that came out in the 80s called Chariots of Fire. Uh-huh. And there's that great line in the movie when one of the runners is asked uh, what he feels when he runs. And he, he just says, I feel his pleasure. Uh, the he referring to God. Mm. So when I'm running, my body is at its happiest. And it's from there that I can think most clearly about the problems of the day or solutions to those problems. Do you think that's a universal thing or something specific to you and some I think others? We were, I think we were made to run, uh-huh. but I have three rules for Born running. to run, maybe? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I have three rules. One is every other day. So I always take a day of rest so the body can repair itself. The second is I run the same amount so I don't keep increasing my distance. Uh, so I do 10 and a half miles every other day, hmm. uh, which can seem like a lot, but it's just what the body gets used to. And then the third thing is I run at my own pace. So I don't have an abstract goal that I'm trying to force my body to meet. So it takes me an hour and a half to run 10 and a half miles. 
and I've never been injured. Mm. And I'm convinced that when people turn something that they love into an obsession, that's when things get pushed beyond their natural limits, and that's when people get injured. So I would never want to instrumentalize something that I love, in this case running, you know, just to get the obvious pleasure because some people can become addicted to it. Yeah. Like, you know, the ultra, ultra runners. Uh-huh. My rule of thumb is whenever the body starts digesting itself, then it, it's time to, to step back. <laughs> and speaking of digestion, I'm going to have another bite of uh, Norcina. <laughs> so do you even keep track of your time or do you have an app that you keep track of your miles? or No, because I generally do the same routes. Uh-huh. So my body knows exactly what to expect. Uh-huh. And I haven't worn a watch since early college. <laughs> I just don't like um, things like that on me. Yeah. So yes, I, I'm not a slave to the, the clock when so, I run. I mean, now we all have cell phones that have right. the time on them. But early college, you just didn't have anything to tell you the time? You just look at the clock on the walls? Yeah. After depending. college, I'd always be asking my friends, what time is it? Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's a cheap conversation starter. <laughs> yeah. but. So for those that either aren't able to run or just cannot find any joy in running, what would you recommend for other outlets or, or I would say any form of, of locomotion. Okay. So, <laughs> walking. Uh-huh. If you can't walk, have somebody carry you outside. But something about the physical exertion yes, and especially not, not just like out, a craft like I, doing... especially outside i think these days when people are so hyper stressed if we just step back and ask one of the basic reasons why is our souls are being sucked out of us by you know, the television the computer the phone just the physical act of getting out under the open heavens mm-hmm. and having things for the eye to focus on other than artificial light sources, I just think is hugely important for interior freedom. Do you think like painting or uh, maybe even like shooting baskets, something that isn't really getting the physical activity, I'm trying to think of something that maybe you could do outside, but wouldn't have that physicality to it? Yeah, I think you're onto something with hand-eye creativity. Okay. Like my mother, uh, you know, she's in her 70s. Uh, she actually enjoys those coloring books for adults, uh-huh. and that focus on you know drawing and inside the lines, you know different colors, which one you're going to choose. It it's very relaxing for her, mm-hmm. and I think uh, that hand-eye coordination is is just basic to human creativity. I like that. That's a great form of leisure. Good. Have you had any great epiphanies while running? So my favorite running course ever is at sunrise in the historical center of Rome. Okay. So for example, with Father Terry Coonan, the Uh two of us got up early uh, one morning and we ran the historical center of Rome and none of the tourists have arrived by that time. So you can have the whole city to yourself. So we would run by ancient monuments like the Pantheon, the Colosseum, uh-huh. having them totally to ourselves. We ran the Circus Maximus, where the you know, the runners in the ancient world ran. And then we wrapped it up in St. Peter's Square. And it was just magnificent. It was like a running 
through time hmm. and running where yeah generations of people uh, including the martyrs uh, ran the race to the finish so i'm just thinking about 10 and a half miles why why not 10 it's the natural end of the route. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I basically found the most comfortable route for me, and then somebody told me it was 10 and a half miles. Oh, that's funny. All right. Well, I think this has been good. I'm excited to talk to you about art and architecture. I know that you were involved with the construction and planning for St. Pius the 10th, and of course, the oratory here. I don't know what else you've been involved with, but we'll find out more about that. Maybe talk more about Italy as well. I know you've got a lot of excitement for that country that's great <laughs> besides just their food indeed uh and we've got two more pastas to try so out of these two which do you think is more more favorite the norcina okay i love eating autumn <laughs> eating autumn. i like that too all right thank you so much father daniel Scheidt. appreciate it thanks to make sure you don't miss an episode subscribe to this podcast in your favorite podcast app until next time, remember to leave room for the Holy Spirit. Thank you.